So welcome. We have a, a panel of a few of my good friends and friends of the channel and people you all probably know. So Violet, Chris, Ishwar, and we're going to just do a little Q&A, have fun and chat about some awakening, non-duality, spirituality, whatever. You know? So um, first question I have is, what do you tell people who have challenges with with thoughts with having too many thoughts struggling with their thoughts feeling like their thoughts are invasive or problematic throughout the day or even during meditation anyone can start <laughs> you're, you're closer all right um i would say those those thoughts are kind of like a reflection of what's going on in the body. And that you've got to put some attention on the body. Um, there's probably a lot of physical contraction. Yeah. How, how would you investigate that? Like, how would you tell somebody to just, in a beginning way, start to investigate what that is a reflection of or where in the body you might be feeling something or... It depends on the person. Mm -hmm. um, some people are just so oblivious what's happening in the body that it's hard for them to actually discern. And that's like, I'm just kind of like thinking back to what it was like for me that it's kind of, I love, I love this phrase, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And it's just kind of like developing this felt sense was a big part of it. Making an intention of it, finding it, being willing to look for it, feel into mm, it. Absolutely. Okay. Don't, else? Yeah, letting letting go of assumptions of what you think is there. Mm. Big part. Yeah. Anyone else have that? Don't rub this way. Yeah, just about four inches. There you go. I say stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my stuff is... Uh, it's anytime it, it comes to thoughts is to not to try and stop thoughts. Um, that's a natural flow, just like any other senses, any of the other sense perceptions. Um, usually we have so much energy invested into it that we're so identified with thoughts that we can't give ourselves a little bit of space. So I tell, or it's a suggestion, just step back from that for a second see that they're flowing they're part of the flow they're they're just like your your visual field there's seeing occurring there's thoughts occurring and you're observing both of them so it it removes the engagement in thought and i identity itself and it can pull back for a second and there's a recognition that occurs with that. And when that recognition happens, it disengages that process. Hmm. They're like, hmm. And then I ask them to do the same thing with the other perceptions. But we start with thought because it's the one that we're most caught up with. And that one pulls us away with our stories that we have with them. When we start to see that process, we 
get pulled away less and less and less. So it's, a, it's an interesting way um, to do that, but I find it's very effective because that's the one that draws us away. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Good answer. Yeah, uh, I like both of those answers. I think they're both relevant. Um, what's coming to me, just like after listening to that with you guys, is that um, seems like a progression in a way or like a helpful technique in a way that I often find helpful with people. Um, the disidentification from thought is important to kind of happen first. But then at that point, after that process has happened, then there's a there's a wonderful thing like, using thought constructively to figure out what's happening in the body or how how the emotions are responding to thought so one of the simple techniques i use is um like what is the narrative playing out and then repeating it out loud and then seeing how the body responds to that and then from there would be also so it's sort of like a three-step in a way like what's the narrative what's the body doing what's happening in the emotion uh, or sense, sense, sensation, and then looking at what's my identity around this experience with either the thought or the um, emotion. I agree. These are all um, very important components of this this investigation. What came to me is. Um, make a study of or become aware of how much you actually react to thoughts. We think we're reacting to the world, people, situations, memories, traumas, emotions, or we're really just reacting to thoughts. And and that's a, an initial important step before, in a sense, you even start to really look at, well, who even is it that's reacting to thoughts? See that the sense of pushing and pulling on mental constructs is just something that happens. It's, it's and it's fine that it happens, but but to recognize it as such is help, very helpful. Because then you have an opportunity to see that the problem isn't out there. You don't have to fix the world. You don't have to find the right person, the right guru, the right technique, the right strategy. You don't have to fix your partner. You don't have to get the perfect job. You don't have to get your financial situation under under control. None of that stuff really has to happen because all you're really experiencing is thoughts about that. And when you have access to that, there's a, there's an intimacy. It's it's kind of a, you know, the, the number of pieces on the game board are much smaller when it's just who or whatever is perceiving those thoughts and the thoughts themselves. They can just appear as different things. So I think at least initially, it's very helpful to recognize that, uh, that we think there's a big game going on out there. It's going on in here. And it has to do with thoughts and our reaction to thoughts. And once you start to perceive that, feel into that, notice it, then you, there's different things you can do. But one is to just start to ask, well, wait, what's actually reacting to the thoughts? Like, what am I taking myself to be in this moment that is pushing or pulling on these constructs, you know, and kind of try to feel back into that or settle back into it or let it overtake or, you know, do some form of inquiry. So that, that's what came to me. Um, yeah, can I can I add something? Do I I remember hearing that thinking is the ultimate addiction, mm. and like that just made so much sense when I thought of it from that perspective. Is that it's like we're trying to use this compulsive thinking as a coping mechanism, coping like try to avoid what's here right now, 
which leads directly to what you said about when you realize that's a coping mechanism what are we actually trying to cope with and maybe we actually have access to something just more intimate more direct more our body our body sense our sensations yeah i'll add a little bit and then i think the one of the biggest like beliefs that we share is human condition is that I can't handle what is happening mm. in my emotion body or in my direct experience and becomes the question of why do we divert away from what's happening here um, because we believe it's too overwhelming or uh, uh, I can't handle it or um, and I think it's really sort of a miss um, mislink and you know we don't teach children really healthily how to deal with emotions and deal with experiences that are coming up. We're more taught sort of the repression route, uh, which I think creates this energetic contraction that the thoughts it kind of like energy attention bounces to thought to sort of manage or get away from the, that basic of I can't manage or handle what's really going on right now. So I need to manage it through thought, mm -hmm. avoid it through thought. One more thing. So I think it's on two levels of this. One for like the seekers that are really looking to deconstruct their experience to see what it is. And those that are on maybe like the self-help side of things to kind of improve their, their mode of thinking or their relative experience. I go for the juggler with this stuff. So we see how the self is entangled and woven with thoughts and perception or seeing, and it gives rise to the observer. And it's to pluck the observer out of those two scenarios and just go right at it. Like that for me is like the most effective way to do it. Cause that's how I was with myself. It was, it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. There is no, right. <laughs> there's no playing around with it. There, there, you know, there are steps and stages to this that we kind of pull back to by going through the, the emotion work. Cause mm -hmm. all these are things that I went through as well, but I got to that point where all of that was resolved and I was still left with this thing that couldn't be figured out, but it couldn't hide in thoughts. It couldn't hide in the body. It couldn't hide in feelings and emotions. So it was left right in front of me. So mm -hmm. I needed to, to see that at its core. So that's generally how I approach most of this stuff. And most of the people that, I, that comes that wants to know, it seems that they've already went through that. So this is being spoken about from here to a specific set of conditions that already occurred that would bring those folks to have a conversation with me. Absolutely. Um, and this would probably disconcert a lot of people, mm -hmm. but when you come, just be ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's true. The funny thing is it's exactly how it is with uh, Eshwar. So I don't, I mean, I don't like refer a lot of people to, you know, you have a full-time job and a family and stuff, but on occasion I just sense that like, yeah, this, this person just needs to give you a call yeah. and it's almost in there. <laughs> invariably the same the version of the same story i called him and yeah that was that was interesting like something really changed or shifted or 
you know, and, and I really, I love your directness and that's how I took it on myself very much. When, when this, this happened for me, it was full on, no going back, no holding on to anything. It felt like scaffolding breaking layer after layer, identity after identity, like just, just gone into complete oblivion. So if somebody's ready for that, they feel they're, they're actually ready for that. Um, yeah, this doesn't have to take a long time. We're kind of on a different bit of a different tangent, but uh, it's amazing how quickly the identity can unravel itself. Uh, the illusory identity, how directly we can dive right into our identity structure when we're, we're ready. And a lot of the other things we talk about, somatic modalities and emotion work and maybe even self-help type stuff, um, I think it just it just sort of gets you ready a little bit, or it maybe it's maybe it's just a, a little bit of a pastime to to do some work and and make the body and mind a little more healthy. At the same time, it's a kind of inquiry in itself. Like, am I am I ready? Because everybody knows when they're ready, and they know when they're not ready. I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. I've had people say, "I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this part I'm not ready for." Deeper stage stuff, you know. Uh, so so anyway, yeah, the intuition is key. Uh, and and if you're ready, then you just let me know, and I'll put you in touch with that Schwarzer. <laughs> I'll shove you down the rabbit hole. <laughs> we can all do that, by the way. We do it in different ways, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe one thing that, like, I I would add to that too is that to me, so much of those processes, like, um. Like just kind of deconstructing like this unquestioned assumptions we have about ourselves and how things are. And thoughts are a weird one. Like we can have be ca- so caught up, I got to get rid of the thoughts. And I feel like it's so, it's so important to kind of let go of that attitude of trying to get rid of them and rather just turn around and actually like really do a study. What is a thought? Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like really looking at it and seeing is it is there anything there? Is it like what is it made of, or what is it? Um, I ask this question a lot with people: Is there a way that is is there a place in the experience that that it links that you can find where it touches something else? Like if the thoughts about the body, well, where does the thought actually end and the body begins? Where does the thought end and the world begins? Like, is there actually? somewhere there that you can find or in thought is there something there that you can really find it's kind of like a airy kind of experience when you really look but having that investigation it's like turn around and see what is what is it really yeah i agree with that it's it's something to take up at different different depths of realization, actually. Yeah. Even in deeper realization, at some point, when you start to look at or investigate what actually is a thought, what is the pers- the reflective perceptual apparatus that's operating, creating those very fundamental illusions that are very easy to overlook. Things like there's a physical world, separation exists, time exists, there's a there's a self apart from anything. What is the me? What is the me? And 
yeah, it's almost like it's on two layers. There's the very gross layer of thought that we that we wake up from initially, I think. But when you start to really get deeper into it and you realize the, the subtler processing layers of mind, the non-conceptual thoughts, pre-conceptual thoughts, um, can still can still make things look the way they aren't, for lack of a better way of saying it. And I mean in your physical experience. So this leads me to my next question. And anyone can answer this if they want, but I, I, I really love to hear what you say. Say it however you want to or need to. What is your experience of presence right now? To listen to the remainder of this conversation, you can join the patron circle membership level on my YouTube channel. This level also provides all recordings past and future of all of my retreats.